Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, so it's a little hard to believe how fast spring is approaching, as the weather outside would predict. But uh, in just a few weeks, we're going to focus on Good Friday and specifically the events that surround uh, the end of our Lord's life here on earth. And it's in that time frame and that story and that narrative that I want to begin this morning. So if you have your copy of Scripture, I would invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Mark at chapter 14. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 14. Uh, If you're following along in Mark's gospel, chapter 14 details, it chronicles the last few hours of Jesus' life and his time with his disciples. Uh, It records the the time together in the upper room and the instituting, the giving of the Lord's Supper, communion. And as they finish their time together in that intimate space of the upper room, uh, they depart there and head out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And that's where Jesus cries out to the Father knowing what is ahead. And as Jesus has spent time uh, in prayer, we come to the next scene, and it really shifts dramatically from where we've been thus far in chapter 14. And we're going to begin at verse 43 today. So Jesus finishing praying, and the scene shifts. It says, just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Says now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Perhaps this would depict the scene that night for us. you came for. Peter! 
He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. Verse 50 of Mark 14 says, then everyone, everyone deserted him and fled. Betrayal. It's one of the worst words in the English language. And you know that, especially if you've experienced it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever experienced betrayal? Maybe a friend, a coworker, someone you were in close relationship. I would venture a guess to say that we've all experienced betrayal in some form or another. Betrayal is said to be one of the worst kinds of emotional pain that a human being can experience. Betrayal often comes uh, from broken or abused trust, and it's often uh, caused by someone in close relationship with us. And it hurts. Betrayal can be detrimental to healthy relationships. Uh, Thinking on this scene in the garden uh, as depicted in the film and in the Gospels, uh, what causes me uh, throughout this week as I was thinking and preparing, what has caused me to pause and reflect the most is not specifically the betrayal that we witness, but Jesus' response. He just stood there. In Matthew's gospel, he even calls Judas, his betrayer, friend. How would you respond? I mean, I feel like this film depicts a very real and natural response from Peter, right? Like that that was him who rushed in and just clobbers him. He pulls a sword and begins to seek vengeance. He's lashing out. Can't we recognize that? that feeling in our own hearts when we encounter betrayal. You see, we we wanna lash out, we wanna strike back. We wanna take revenge into our hands. You see, in our human mind, in our human world, betrayal deserves all the punishment that we can bring it. But yet, 
against the backdrop of our feelings, against uh, that displayed through Peter, there stands Jesus. His response is different. You see, at first, at first glance, you might look at that and say, well, Jesus didn't respond. He did. He did. You see, he, he might not respond like, like we think or like we feel, but he responded showing us a different way. You see, Jesus responds to the worst and arguably the most famous betrayal in human history in a way that still confounds our thinking. His response, Jesus' response to betrayal was not man's response. It was God's. It was God's. Today, we're gonna continue in our teaching series, Healing Fractured relationships. Uh, This series is about all of our close relationships, whether that's friends, family members, church family, spouses, co-workers. So so this series is not specifically focused on marriage and family, though there's good applicable material there for those relationships. This is about all relationships that are close and dear to us. Uh, These relationships, these close circles and connections can be beautiful and life-giving in their own way, but they can also get complicated They can be challenging at times for us. There's heartbreak, there's conflict, there's tension, and yes, sometimes there's betrayal. Honestly, have you ever, you don't have to raise your hand for this, I'll raise mine. Have you ever asked and just felt like, why can't it just be me and Jesus? Yeah, relationships, right? It can be tough. But despite all these challenges that we face, we are called to love one another. Jesus in John 15 said, love each other as I have loved you. That's my command. And and so we are seeking tools, seeking his heart and how we can love like Jesus has loved us. And so that's what this series is all about is looking through the scriptures and seeking the help and the ministry of the spirit in our lives to engage our difficult and sometimes fractured relationships. Last week, we began with this idea of conflict. Pastor Adrian uh, joined us and challenged us to see that though this unavoidable, seemingly unavoidable part of relationships can be hard and difficult, it can actually be an opportunity for grace to grow that relationship. If we're willing to, to surrender that and invite Jesus, his grace and his mercy into our hearts and our minds, we can see our relationships grow through conflict. Today, we're talking about betrayal, betrayal. So long as we're in relationships here on earth, it's likely that we're gonna encounter this somewhere along the way. So so what is betrayal? What is betrayal? Uh, Believe it or not, I actually found a good example of this the other day with our two cats. Now, if you're a dog person, just bear with me. So we have two cats, Uh, they're brothers. They've been with us for seven or eight years now. Bo and Luke, yes, I named them Bo and Luke. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So that's Bo on the left. He's a, he keeps a wintertime coat on year-round, if you know what I'm saying. He's a little fluffy. Uh, that's his brother Luke on the right. Uh, so Bo and Luke, brothers, they've been with us for years. Well, Bo, the fluffy one, he and I have a routine every morning, every single morning. Uh, I let him in, whether it's from outside, they've been outside at night, or let him up from the basement. Uh, and he stays close. Uh, he stays within eyesight, you know, because my first beeline after letting them in is to the coffee pot. And sometimes coffee beats them, but whatever. As the coffee's brewing, I'm piddling around the kitchen. The cat stays close. Bo is right there p- 
passed out on the floor waiting. So the coffee finishes, I pour a cup of coffee and I head for my chair where I have scriptures and all, I just spend that time there of a morning. And as I'm headed to the chair, Bo immediately will get up every single day, follows me. As soon as I sit down, he's on my lap. Like it's just one movement. And he does that one cat circle thing and plops down. And we've been doing this for years. And I still don't think I'm a cat person. I just happen to like them. Um, But we'll talk about that later. So every day is the same, except for one day here a couple weeks ago. Uh, For whatever reason, uh, as I'm heading to my chair with a cup of coffee, uh, it's his brother Luke that's actually right on my heels. And as I sit down, Luke jumps up. Well, Bo comes around the corner and his countenance changed. I, I kid you not, this cat's countenance changed. So he slowly walks across the living room and sits down just a couple feet from my chair and Luke sitting on my lap, and he's just got this direct, cold stare. And it's just this look of, how could you? And why not me? And I, I tell you, to, I believe that cat felt betrayed in that moment. <laughs> by his own brother. (laughs) Betrayal. You see, perhaps in its most simple definition, it's broken or abused trust. I think what Bo was experiencing that day, he was trusting that our normal routine would just go on. But he found that trust broken and that by his own brother. You see, in our relationships outside of our pets, uh, in our relationships, our close relationships, Uh, Betrayal can be little white lies. It can be hidden secrets or half-truths. It can be problems we don't divulge or tell. Betrayal can be small and it can be huge. It can be infidelity in a close personal relationship. It can be getting passed over for the promotion at work after it was promised to you. It can be broken promises and plans. And betrayal can even be an accident. Sometimes betrayal can be a stupid mistake, a bonehead move, something we never intended, but it's betrayal nonetheless. Whether it's on purpose or by accident, whether it's big or small, betrayal always hurts, and it always poses a threat to our relationships. You see, whether we're betrayed or not is often uh, uh, not in our control, right? Whether we're betrayed or not is usually outside of our control, but our response to betrayal is always a choice we make. Our response is always a choice that we make. Today, we want to journey together to see Jesus' response, to see the choice he made in the face of betrayal and that of the worst kind. Because Jesus was betrayed, yes, by Judas like we just saw, but he was also betrayed by another close friend, and that in the Apostle Peter. If you have your copy of Scripture, let's, let's turn over uh, in the Gospels to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, we're going to begin at verse 56. Uh, we're picking up the narrative essentially right where we left off in Mark 14. Uh, so Jesus is arrested. He's led away. Uh, Luke notes that Peter is following them at a distance, and and as they go, as Jesus is brought in uh, to be tried, Peter is is standing outside. He's nearby, but he's not all the way in there yet. And and Peter, of course, he's one of the inner disciples. Like He was often invited by Jesus to go a little further, to hear a little more of Jesus' heart in this earthly ministry. 
And, and just hours before this scene, Jesus actually told Peter, while they're in the upper room, he said, you're going to betray me. But Peter didn't get it. He didn't see that in himself. I'll never do that. All the disciples, in fact, said that. No, we're willing to die with you, Lord. But as we'll see, those bold words never really held up, especially for Peter. And that's where we're going to begin at verse 56 of Luke 22. It says, a servant girl, so this is outside. Jesus is being tried inside. This is outside by the fire. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She saw Peter. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him for he's a Galilean. But Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Betrayal. Just hours ago, Peter was willing to die if necessary. And now he denies even knowing Jesus at the pressure of some servants and people outside the trial. Not just once, not just twice, but three times. Peter completely betrays Jesus. He completely denies even knowing him. And I mean, in that moment, we, we, can, we can put ourselves in Peter's shoes. We can, we can see his case. I mean, it's, it's not hard to imagine that as Jesus has been taken into custody, that, that his followers are going to be next. And it's in the heat of that moment that Peter buckles. He fails. Perhaps that scene would have looked like this. You, I've seen you before, you know him. No, I don't know him. You called him Rabbi? He's nothing to do with me. You know him, I've seen you with him. I don't know him. You will deny me three times. Don't be afraid. Take him to Pilate. A relationship fractured by broken trust. Betrayal. Is that the most famous betrayal in human history? I don't think Peter ever thought he could end up there. Judas, sure. Like, uh, he, he had sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He was hedging his bets on this whole kingdom idea. But Peter? I don't think so. Even though Jesus tried to warn him, Peter never saw it coming. But yet he did it. <laughs> he betrayed Jesus. How would you respond? Like, what feelings would come up in your heart if you were in Jesus' shoes in that moment to hear Peter's denial? How would you respond? 
How would you respond? Verse 61 of Luke 22 records, says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter and said, you idiot, I told you this was gonna happen. He didn't say that, did he? The, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter and said, how could you? After all we've been through, seriously, bro, I wish I would have never invited you to be my friend. Jesus doesn't respond like that, does he? Verse 61 says, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. and Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. You see, Jesus doesn't seek revenge. He doesn't lash out. He doesn't belittle Peter for his lack of faith. And from this scene in the narrative, it turns and it follows Jesus the rest of the way through the crucifixion. And, and if we didn't know what we know, we would be looking at this scene going, was this it for Peter? Was this betrayal final for him? Let's turn over to the Gospel of John. You see, Jesus did respond. About a week goes by. The disciples have gone back to Galilee to go fishing. Uh, it was familiar for them. It was getting them away from the, the turmoil that was happening in Jerusalem. Uh, they, they're out fishing. They fish all night. They don't catch anything. And as the sun's coming up, they see a man standing on the shore. And the man from shore asks them how it's going. How's the fishing today? In a brief exchange, uh, the, the man goes on to, to give them some fishing advice because they caught nothing. Uh, and his advice was that they should try the other side of the boat, the right side of the boat. And so they do, and what happens is that the disciples catch more fish than they can handle in that moment, and light bulb starts to come on. Where have we seen this before? And that's where it picks up in verse 7 of John 21. It says that the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, a.k.a. the betrayer, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. You see, Peter wasn't wasting any time. He wanted to get to Jesus. Verse eight says, the other disciples followed in the boat and towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, he took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. It's worth remembering as we're in this account, the words of the Gospel of Mark where it says, all deserted him. And here we see Jesus preparing breakfast, hosting a meal, extending relationship and an invitation to all the disciples that day. And he says, come, come and have breakfast. You see, this was restoration for all of them, not just Peter. 
When they had finished eating, verse 15, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. A threefold denial turned into a threefold affirmation of his love for Jesus. You know, in this moment, Jesus would have been completely justified in raking Peter over the coals, right? Don't forget, like, Judas, the first betrayer, he's, he's deceased by this point. He took his own life. But in this moment, it would have been justice for Jesus to say to Peter, uh, you, you blew it, like we're done. I've given you enough chances. It would have been right to, to think about like a restoration program, right? Like, Peter, I need to see you jump through these hoops uh, before you can be let back in. But he didn't do any of that. You see, Jesus had a choice to make. How would he respond to betrayal? And friends, the truth is that's the same choice he made when we betrayed him. You see, each and every one of us has betrayed Christ. Bad decisions, selfish actions, greedy hearts. You see, we're all betrayers of Christ. So how does Jesus respond to those who have betrayed him? He responds by extending grace, by forgiving, by seeking to restore relationship. So friend, I want to ask you today, how are you responding to betrayal? For some of you, that's a hypothetical question. It's a hypothetical idea. How would I respond? How will I respond if it ever comes? But I know for others that there's nothing hypothetical or imaginative about this at all. The pain of betrayal is, is real. It's, it's present in your heart and it's come through your close relationships. You know the pain, the heartache too well. Perhaps you would even identify with that anger, with that lashing out that we witnessed from Peter in that first clip. That clenched fist, that seeking to exact revenge on those who have hurt you. I mean, they started it in the first place, right? Maybe you can recognize that feeling, that seeking of justice or revenge. Wherever you are in your journey of betrayal today, can I offer you one compassionate truth? One truth today for us to think about. And that's this. Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed. Jesus knows. He knows the pain that you're going through. He knows how much it hurts. 
knows. He knows what it feels like. And so today, friends, he's a safe place to run to. <laughs> With that pain, those feelings, that betrayal. He is the safe place to go. He knows how it feels. He knows how you feel. And friends, the beautiful truth today for us is that he invites us to bring all that we are, all the hurt, all the betrayal, all of that into relationship with him. Cry out to him, ugly cry to him, it's okay. He knows how you feel but he's inviting you. Because you see, you might not be able to help how you've been betrayed. You might not have been able to prevent that or do anything about it, but you have a choice in how you respond. How you're responding, present tense. And Jesus is inviting you to respond differently. And and friends, the only way that that is possible It's through his strength. We can't muster that up on our own, right? Because we have that Peter response, like you're gonna get what's coming. But you see the invitation and drawing, inviting Jesus in and bringing all of that before him is to take up his heart. To take upon his response to betrayal begin that journey of extending forgiveness to begin that journey of healing Jesus knows how you feel so today I would just invite you bring that pain those feelings wherever you are just cry out to him seek him he knows what it's like let's pray together Lord Jesus, you are the expert in handling betrayal. From Judas, from Peter, from me, Lord. You know what it's like. But God, you've also shown us a different way God's way of responding. And Lord, today, I I just can only imagine that doesn't make human sense. But Lord, you're inviting us to respond differently, to respond your way. And so God, we are asking you today to to come into our hearts to help us to see, to help us journey into that place of forgiveness and restoration. And Lord, we understand today that that's gonna be a beginning place where we lay down our right to respond our way. Lord, that might come through some ugly tears, some crying out, but Lord, you're not afraid of that. 
Lord, today we want to bring our betrayal and lay it down before you. Knowing that you know how it feels. You've been there. And Lord, you offer a different way forward. We want your way, Lord Jesus. We want your way. So God, will you come? We need you, Lord. We need you. Thank you for how you responded to betrayal, God. Show us your way. And it's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.